Well, we are going to get started, and uh, we have yet another mountain. We are in a series called the Seven Mountain Mandate, and we welcome those who, again, are watching us online, web streaming, and then this will be live for others, and this will also be used in various schools of ministry around the world. And um, it is a, a privilege to bring you again another one of the mountains, and, and the Seven Mountain Mandate, as uh, we have been sharing with you over the last several weeks, is a more in-depth understanding of the Great Commission, Go and Disciple Nations. It's a, a more specific template for understanding the gospel of the kingdom as opposed to the gospel of salvation, the understanding and idea that God desires souls to be saved. We know that is his priority, people's heart and souls, but he does have an overall plan also. He made the world. He made it intentionally. He made it with love. He made it in the image of heaven, and he has designs for all his creations. why Romans 8 says creation groans and travails, waiting for the manifestation of of the sons of God. Interestingly enough, we assume that creation is groaning and travailing for Jesus to come back, but it's not. They understand that sons and daughters of the king are supposed to arise with light and glory upon them before Jesus comes back. So that's why this is an awakening season where his sons and daughters begin to realize that there's something else to live for other than just, well, I hope he just saves us from this wreck of the Antichrist beast and false prophet and, and he whisks us away and, and then, you know, let him destroy the world. And we, we believe that the righteous will inherit the earth like the scripture says, the meek will inherit the earth and so there must not be this a scheduled burning up and dissolving of the world that many think because what would there to be inherit but ashes. And so... The theme for tonight is the mountain of celebration, and it's the mountain of celebration of arts and entertainment, and that includes that's sports and dance and fashion and cooking. That has become, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's an, an art. Anything that's an artistic expression is also uh, falls under this mountain of celebration, and again, the seven mountains are seven sectors of society where we believe and we know God has commissioned us and called us to bring the solutions of heaven, bring the light and glory of God to that sector. No longer do we just stay in the mountain of religion and think everything's going to happen in the four walls of the church, but we are called to showcase an aspect of who God is, one of his seven spirits in these other sectors of society. And as we do so, it displaces the darkness there, and it allows for another manifestation of our God to, to be preached, as it were, in, in that venue. And so uh, I start with a scripture out of Psalm 1611, just to make a point there. It says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is a little bit of joy is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Particular people who grow up very religious. And uh, some of our traditional Christ Christian upbringing has us believing that serving the Lord and serving God is a sacred, holy, be baptized in lemon juice, serious type thing. And if you're really serious about God, then you're really serious. But we want to understand that the throne room itself, we've read out of Revelation 4 and 5, it is exciting, it is colorful, it is noisy, it is, it is full of fragrances. And this is a confirmation David himself saw. He said, in your presence is fullness of joy. It means all your senses are designed to be stimulated. When we are before the Lord, there will not be any of our senses that are not stimulated. Every single one, we'll go, this will be this wow factor that we can't even begin to imagine because our senses were made to experience our God. So, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. This, this connects to this mountain because we want to understand, that's why it's called the mountain of celebration. God wants and loves celebration. He wants a people who celebrate his creativity. In fact, the scriptures speak more about feasting than fasting. I, I can't remember the statistics somebody may, may remember, but it's sometimes there's, for every fast, there are three or four feasts listed in the scripture. So you should have three or four feasts for every fast you have, uh, just to, you know, keep your religious spirit in check. But, um, or go ahead and just get rid of it. But we want to go into the, the spiritual landscape of this mountain. Who is the enemy on this mountain? 
we're doing on every one of these mountains. We're identifying who the enemy is, not because we're going to go around rebuking him. I take authority over you, but it's because there is a principle of all these mountains. We must come in the opposite spirit of what's ruling and reigning there. To have authority, we must present ourselves in the opposite characteristic or nature of the darkness that is manifesting there. We must receive his light, and we must manifest that light. It's not about being officially Christians. So it's not like we just need Christians who are doing the same thing the world is. It is that we must come in a different spirit and a different nature. So we want to understand that. Now, the, um, the enemy on this mountain is the Hivite. You wonder the Hivites, what this, what this is about. We've also been explaining to you. We're using the template of the seven nations that were in the promised land that Israel had to eradicate. Remember, to go into the promised land, to take cities and nations, says you will have to take out seven nations greater and mightier than you. So there is an association, a connection with one of the ites in every one of the mountains that we're talking about. And so there's the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Jebusites, Cellulite, Termite, Budlite, all those things. We might have added, that might have been a few extra uh, ites there. But the ites there represent, and there is a connection, uh, uh, even what their name means, and I don't go into it in depth. Again, we have the two books. I'll continue to uh, recommend the Seven Mountain Prophecy and the Seven Mountain Mantle. And there is a chapter in each one of those on this mountain of celebration of arts and entertainment. will take you more in depth on the landscape there. And then some of the things the Lord showed me that will begin to happen in the future. So you can begin to uh, participate and partner in with what, what God is doing. But the Hivite represents perversion or counterfeit. And this becomes what the enemy is attempting to do. What uh, the demons that operate on this mountain, and it goes into the strategy of Satan on this mountain. Again, we're telling you on every one of the mountains, it's a fairly simple strategy and plan for every one of the mountains that the enemy has. And uh, he he may have some, uh, you know, very crafty ways of bringing it about, but it's really a simple thing. And so his intention on this mountain is to pervert or counterfeit God's true creativity. We look at that word, perversion, and it means a misinterpretation, say a misrepresentation. And counterfeit means made in imitation with an intent to deceive. And uh, it has been so such a good work that the enemy has done there, Jezebel and, and the spirits that operate with her, that there are God's people that don't believe that Christians are even supposed to be a part of things like music and arts and stuff like that because they, it's like it's been so distorted and the model that we have seen around the world is of so much distortion and the false representation of it that we say, you know, let's just stay away from that. It's just dangerous. And that becomes a win for the enemy if he gets us to do that. Now the, I don't know if the next one I go into is uh, the Genesis 34, 1 and 2 scripture. Is that the next one I have on there? Or is it the principality Jezebel? All right, now I've, I have to find the, uh, the order of my PowerPoints and how they're going. We want to identify the principality already named, so it's no big surprise. It's Jezebel. Jezebel is the principality, and the common demons there are bringing about the perversion and the misinterpretation and uh, her name means unchaste or Baal is husband. And Jezebel represents and brings and works with spirits of lust or seduction or this perversion or this counterfeit. And, and uh, there is, you know, seduction by uh, sexual seduction, but seduction by alcohol, drugs. And there's a real connection to Jezebel's influence and even into addictions. And so this, is, uh, this becomes the work of the enemy there. Now, it may surprise some of uh, God's people, particularly those who've been in churches with a lot of problems with Jezebel, that Jezebel is a principality on a different mountain, not the mountain that the church is on, and, um, which is the mountain of religion. I believe we talked about that last uh, week for those of you here in the church. And, uh, but I will tell you, there's a, just a little insight of why Jezebel has so much success in the church and on the church mountain and you hear about the work of and we have so many things so many stories going on in the news in our own city here in Atlanta that tell us how how Jezebel and spirits like that have been operating in in, in significant churches 
Whenever we cease to worship the Lord in spirit and truth, and this goes part of the message on the, uh, the, the mountain of religion, then we are, in fact, enacting. And so there are churches that begin to put on a show, and it's no longer worship in spirit and in truth. And they don't know it, but they've actually left the mountain of religion, and they are on the mountain of entertainment when they get into just putting on a show. So when they do that, they're actually operating under the principality of Jezebel, and they don't even know it. And so then they become subject to it. That's just kind of an extra, uh, you know, it's your free extra part on this mountain. So Jezebel, she is misinterpreting, she is perverting, and she is counterfeiting all the celebratory pleasures. And she has two basic goals. One is so that you get this distorted perspective and you enter in relationship with her kingdom, the dark kingdom, and spirits associated with them, or if not, so that you will not uh, enter into the pleasures that God desires you to have. Remember, in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, pleasures forevermore. He wants us to experience his creative joys and all that. And uh, if we see enough of the distortion, we go, you know what? We're just better off just letting all this, all this go. And so... Uh, I point out Romans 14, 17, well-known scripture, says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, joy in the Holy Spirit. This is the DNA. This is how the kingdom of God comes. If the kingdom of God that you know about just comes in, you know, you can say righteousness, peace, and, and sourpuss holiness, then that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God must come in joy or it's not the kingdom of God. This is an essential strand of who he is and how the kingdom fun functions. And so we want to be aware of that. Now, in every one of these mountains, we are also identifying anointings or mantles that the Lord has for us. We're much more interested in what light he has given us, what empowerment, what angels, what assistance he has given us, than who the enemy is there. Because there is the general principle, darkness cannot prevail against light. Wherever light shows up, darkness must flee. And so it's this, this old, uh, I think I may have told you several times, we can spend a lot of time rebuking darkness or we can just flip the light on. And then you can just you know, save a lot, of, a lot of work. And so we're called to operate in light and show up with that light, and the darkness will flee. So the important role of prophets on this mountain, we want to uh, speak into that and note that the prophets that show up on this mountain, they're different than the prophets. It's a different manifestation, in a way, than the prophets who show up on the mountain of religion. And, and in, in all the other mountains except the mountain of religion, there is not really much purpose in carrying a title of apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor. Even on the mountain of religion, it's not needed as much as it's being used, very obviously. And, but there is an anointing of prophet, and basically, if you do have a, an artistic gifting that is significant, and that where you're called to shine on this mountain, you are a prophet. You are called to be a prophet. Not to be called a prophet, but... That's your operation. You are to prophesy with the arts. The arts were made as an extension and expression of prophesying God's heart to this world. And through that creativity, it wins over people in a way that can't be won over, let's say, from the mountain of religion. See, there's this whole, uh, there's this term I don't know if I've brought up yet. I should have. There's seven mountain evangelism where the world begins to see an expression of God they haven't seen before, and they are won to him by seeing that dimension of his face. And we have tried reaching, uh, and particularly youth, you know, just going after them with the mountain of religion, you need a savior, you need a savior, showing the redeeming, the redeeming face of God. There's some that re respond to that and there's some that don't. But there is an amazing uh, ability of God's glory to come and touch young people as he is showcased in a unique way on this mountain of celebration of arts. We understand from Revelation 2.20 that Jezebel, it says, that woman Jezebel seduces my servants. She calls herself a prophetess, it says, Revelation 2.20. Doesn't for sure tell us that Jezebel is a prophetess, but it, she does call herself a prophetess. And um, that is why it is under the spirit of Elijah that prophets 
Those, again, it's not about prophesying in the old traditional way and yea, and the Lord will say unto you, but through your arts, you prophesy and you come in the spirit of Elijah. The spirit of Elijah is true holiness where you carry the uncompromising fire of God and you will not yield to any of the seductions and temptations of Jezebel. Again, the the basic pull on artistic, creative people you find out is there is a tendency to fall to Jezebel in the seduction of drugs, sex. That happens in the household of God. That is a weakness you have. And so you must be more radical than your average person against that kind of compromising life. Everybody needs to, but especially if you want to represent God and extend the kingdom of God on the mountain of arts and entertainment, you have to be more radical than anybody else because you have an extreme sensitivity because of the way you're wired even. So there may be some movies that others can watch that you can't watch, some music that others can hear you can't hear because you have to be more under the fire, the spirit of Elijah in order to displace the darkness that is on that mountain. All right. It is the prophetic which accesses the supernatural creativity of God. And we're going to give you some examples so you really understand it. We want to tell you about music that prophesies. Again, thinking in terms of all the arts and how they prophesy. We won't go in depth in the scriptures. We'll just let you know they're available. And some of you who want to keep digging and mining the truths there, First Chronicles 25, 1 tells about David. And as he, he organized his minstrels, it says, Moreover, David separated for the service some of the sons of Asaph. And he goes on to say, Who should prophesy with harps, stringed instruments, and cymbals? More we want to, we're, we're highlighting the facts of there's prophesying with harps, stringed instruments, and cymbals. And there are sounds that are releasing when they are in tune with what heaven is saying. That's the prophetic. You get something in heaven, you release it here on earth, it becomes a tool that that sound prophesies something, not in the traditional brain-to-brain way, but something spirit-to-spirit into the air itself. And then we want to look at there is art that prophesies. You know the saying that a picture will prophesy? A word is, a picture is worth a thousand words, and a picture will prophesy what it takes a thousand words to say. And uh, I don't know how many of you have heard of the the young artist Akiane. I know I've mentioned that here before. We haven't met her met her yet, but she, uh, I believe she's 14 or 15 now, and I I was first exposed to what she was doing two or three years ago. And she, she is a showcase for us. She's sort of a, a manifestation of a first fruits of what there is going to be thousands of that come out of the household of God. Because this awakening is going to awaken thousands and tens of thousands that will arise on each one of these mountains. Things are really, really going to change. But from the time she was 12 years old, even all her art would sell, anything she would do would sell between $50,000 and $2 million. And she's been on every... Uh, you know, I don't remember all the shows, even Larry King, Oprah, magazines, newspapers, all over the place. She's just renowned. She's a prodigy, all this thing, uh, you know, a lot of attention. And the whole deal is how can a girl that that's, that's that young and does not have conventional schooling, how can she do something and produce something in art that is received in that way by the world. Well, it becomes a manifestation of Isaiah 2.2, the foundational scripture even for all the seven mountain thing in a way. In the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be exalted in the tops of the mountains, and it says, and the nations will flow to it. They will recognize that something is coming from the household of God that is beautiful, that is attractive, that they cannot compete with, that the world cannot compete with, and uh, it, it connects with Haggai 2, where it says he will, he will shake the nations and he will showcase himself as the desire of the nations. And her art carries this it factor that the world cannot compare, uh, compete with. And the question is, where does she get this ability? And they ask her these questions, and her testimony is just well reported all over the place. It's that at four years old, she was literally taken to heaven. And she's been to heaven many times. And she says that what, what her art is, is what she has seen in heaven. And so it carries this it factor of on earth as it is in heaven. 
And you understand that's cheating. You know, it's not cheating, but the world cannot compete. They can't see that dimension. And so when we get a revelation of that as the sons and daughters of the king, that we have access to an inheritance, we have access to creativity that the world cannot have, then we will stop doing what often takes place in the household of God. Now is we're bored with singing songs that are 400 and 500 years old, and that kind of stuff. And so we go and see what's in the world, and there's you know contemporary services. Many churches have started because the young people do not connect to the old music. There's a reason David said, sing a new song to the Lord. And so they go out there, and they hear what's popular there. They're like, well, the words with it are too trashy, and so they bring it in. They put some better words, and they sing it, and then they enjoy it better than the old songs. But it's still, you got something that's 70 or 80% of what's manifesting in the world. Well, what's going to be happening in the future is sons and daughters of the king begin to realize that we have access to sounds, to lyrics, to music, to pictures that they can't see. We can download that stuff. We are going to begin to release a sound. And the Lord has showed me that there will be a sound. There will be some kind of rhythm or beat to something that will be, uh, be released from heaven to his sons and daughters that the world itself will put a name to it. They will call it something. I don't know if they'll call it hallelujah rhythms or something, but they, they will recognize because it'll be outselling everything. Everybody will be going to those concerts. They will be buying those CDs, whatever. I was going to say records, but that's way outdated. <laughs> Eight tracks. No. Um, really need to upgrade there. But anyway, and so we will see a reversal take place in the coming days where those from the world, we'll call them those from the world, will come into the household of God. They will take this new sound and these new sounds and they will take them out there and they'll realize we can't be putting those nice holy words there. So they'll put trashy words with it and it'll still carry an anointing, but it'll be about 80, 70, 80% from what comes out in the household of God. And in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be exalted on the tops of the mountains. So this young girl, Akiane, she, uh, she again, this amazing... Uh, she has a picture, uh, you can go, Akiane, A-K-I-A-N-E, and many of you probably have seen her art, you can do a Google search and, and see uh, some of the stuff she has available there, and one of them, she has a, the face of Jesus, and she'll tell about his eyes, and his eyes are fascinating, and so the world knows that she says, this is Jesus, this is who I've seen in heaven, and yet people who don't believe in God get her art because they're just dazzled, it has that it factor from heaven, and um, she's also teaching and she teaches art, particularly to children, last I heard anyway. And, and they, you know, they're asking her, how do you do that since you didn't have classes yourself? What is, you know, what, what do you teach them as a muse? What is, what is your system? What, 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 what is your, your strategy for bringing instruction to them? She says, well, I'm not really teaching them how to draw, how to do the art. I'm teaching them how to see. It's just because if they've seen what I've seen, their art will look like my art. So that's... That's just kind of a word for us. So she becomes a first fruit model. And again, a case that shows, that shines right now. But there will be many more of these coming in the household, from the household of God in the coming days and years. There will also be movies that prophesy. Movies are called to prophesy. They do. Again, Jezebel is already doing that. If you want to know what Jezebel is planning on releasing in the world, you'll see that by the movies. You can go back, I don't know, just a few years ago. What was that movie on uh, that uh, really endorsed homosexuality? Say it again, a broken, broke back mountain. There was that, it was very controversial. Jezebel from the top of the mountain, she prophesied that, and there's just been this explosion, this ripple wave that, uh, of acceptance and battle over that ever since then. And so we have to understand, from this mountain, Jezebel will prophesy if we don't. So we have to get on this mountain and also prophesy the truth. And the light will displace the darkness that has been there. And we're seeing many positive things taking place. Unprecedented changes in Hollywood as they realize that there is a market for believers, the church, Christians. You know, things like even the passion in fact, insiders, we've got some report from insiders in Hollywood that Hollywood is different ever since Mel Gibson did The Passion. And, and, and despite his personal problems uh, since then, the fact is that movie was a, an amazing production. It's very hard to watch because it, it really it gives a, a graphic insight into what our, our Lord suffered. 
But in this movie, The Passion, nobody would pick it up, fund it, back it. And so Mel just financed it himself. And they're like, oh, it's going to fail if we don't get behind it. Up till then, if they didn't get behind things, then they didn't, they, didn't, uh, they didn't have success. So I think Mel Gibson made $500 million off of that movie or something like that. And, and, and an added blessing, it, it, I think it continues to play even in uh, Islamic nations. They heard that the Jews were offended by the movie. And so they are playing it in their theaters. So people have come with reports that there's tens of thousands of Muslims have come to the Lord by watching the passion of Christ because they're doing it to gouge Israel in the eyes. You talk about how God moves. And that's something he's doing on the mountain, a different mountain, something that wouldn't work from the mountain of religion, the mountain of arts and entertainment, the mountain of celebration, God doing great things. And, and there's going to be uh, movies, um, I've told you probably several times you've been here long enough. I have this repeat vision where I've seen that there are, I've seen these packages of gold movies that, that get downloaded to God's servants that are expecting this in the future and that recognize that this is a, sec, a sacred calling. There's no such thing as secular anymore. We'll just say that over and over again. The whole world is our congregation. There's no such thing as secular. You're just as holy if you have a call, a platform, a pulpit that looks differently in any one of these other sectors of society. But I saw in this vision that someone received a download of a movie that contained such glory. It was such an amazing story. It wasn't just, you know, it's not about doing a Christian. We have some boring John 3, 16, Chris and Jesus, sweet stuff. There's got to be a powerful story. You know, the closest things we see are like the Chronicles of Narnia or some kind of example. There's a powerful story. The Lion King, uh, Lion King, what was the name of that movie? Aslan. You know, that was such a manifestation. They laid out the plan of redemption, and, and yet it was not like in your face, you know, just religious. And it's very entertaining, and God has very entertaining movies that the world will love. They'll just have to watch it. It'll have that it factor of his. But in this, in this vision that I saw, I saw this packed movie theater, and the glory of the Lord was so powerful, and the story was so powerful that at some point, it looked like halfway through the movie that everybody just got on their knees in the theater, not believers. They just got on their knees and began to bawl and cry because it carried such glory. I don't even know what the story is, but these kind of things are going to begin to shake and rock the world. And God is saying, sons and daughters, come look to me. I have all kinds of, uh, of creative plans, uh, creative music, creative movies, creative fashion, fashion prophesies. Also, I think I'll bring, bring that up and more. And, and God is sending, and we are becoming more and more aware of these prophets of God that are flocking to Hollywood and will help it turn, turn it to Hollywood. And we don't want that just to be a, a cliche. We really believe that God is going to do something uh, radical there as God's sons and daughters awaken to the season, the opportunity, the time when darkness and great darkness is upon the nations in the world. His glory will be seen upon us and nations will walk to the light of the sons of God. So other prophetic tools of celebration, celebrating God's creativity, there's dance that prophesies. Every dance prophesies into the air to those who are viewing it it is prophesying something it's obvious to see one that has the influence of Jezebel it's prophesying seduction it's just easy and but there is something else that releases God's glory and beauty into the earth fashion prophesies and there will be in the coming years there will be fashion that will come out of the household of God it will carry such the it factor of heaven it'll be something that is downloaded from heaven and the whole world won't know why but they'll have to wear this stuff that clearly comes from the household of God and it's going to be an amazing thing there's some manifestations of that already uh already happening and um, we'll show some of that maybe some other time. There's poetry that, that prophesies. I already mentioned movies that prophesy. Now, sports is also uh, part of this mountain of celebration of arts and entertainment. And uh, there is, we want to give you a visual, a picture of how you prophesy from your sports platform. And I have a picture I want to show you in just a moment of Brazil soccer superstar, Kaká. And... Um, he is one of uh, the most famous men in the world because he's a soccer star, and soccer is the big sport religion, really, for many countries. And it is the dominant, uh, the dominant passion grabber in most nations of the world. And 
In Brazil, of course, it is the primary passion of any nation in the world that eat, eats, drinks, breathes uh, soccer. It is Brazil, and he is their superstar. And in this picture, go ahead and put that picture. I want to show you a picture of Kaká. I'm going to show you what might be, if you can see that pretty good. This is a manifestation potentially of what an apostle on the mountain of arts and entertainment, the mountain of celebration, what he looks like as opposed to an apostle, say, in the household of God. And we want to explain this picture and some things about it. But this is, uh, again, he plays for the national team of Brazil. This was a couple of years ago when he was playing for uh, a team in Italy, I think called Milan. And this is a game where they were pr- playing for the European club championship. Huge deal, millions watching it. <laughs> millions who don't watch TV evangelists. Millions who don't watch anything on the mountain of religion. Again, this term, seven mountain evangelism. That's why we've got to be uh, awakened and understand how God is going to use these things. We can complain about how the enemy has just taken our kids with all these other passions, or we can begin to showcase the greater way God has for, uh, for his sons and daughters to bring glory to his name. Well, in this, uh, he scored the second goal of his team with which they won two to one. And they were the champions. And they have this tradition, for those of you who have watched soccer, uh, they, you know, they really celebrate when they, when they uh, score their goal. You may have heard some of the announcers, goal! You know, that's in Latin America particularly, they really celebrate it. Well, the player generally runs, pulls off a shirt, and he has a, a shirt, a T-shirt under his main shirt, and it has something it says. You know, he's, he's announcing whatever. Well, Kaká, he scores the winning goal, and he understands uh, that... He, He has an assignment before God what to do. And so he goes to the middle of the field. He raises his hands up and gives glory to God in the moment when he knows all the cameras are on him. And as you see his t-shirt, it doesn't just say, I love Jesus. It doesn't just say, I'm a Christian. It's, I belong to Jesus. I am here. I belong to Jesus. He has let me shine here. And that becomes your assignment. When you're on this mountain, your assignment is to give glory to him. Jezebel says, and the influence of Jezebel is the glory comes to you. It's the point between American idol. You get to be the idol. And we have to come in the opposite spirit. So if you're called there, you can be on American idol and be a believer, but you must understand that if you're there, the ultimate purpose is to give glory to God on that mountain where Jezebel is glory robbing. There's some more to this. I actually uh, saw this picture when I was in Panama. It was in a secular magazine, and there are some words written above it. It's a a quote from Kaká after he scored that goal. And he said, everyone has what they were commissioned to do. Mine takes place on the soccer field. And it's such an understanding. He understood that this was his platform. This is his pulpit. As much as this is my pulpit, my platform, that is his platform, that is his pulpit. And a picture is worth a thousand words. And millions of kids saw that. And millions of kids who are in idolatry to Kaká know that Kaká says, I belong to Jesus. Well, later on, right after that, they played the Intercontinental Cup Challenge against Boca Junior of Argentina, and they won the world club level uh, soccer championship and interestingly enough, they won two to one again. Kaká scored the second goal. He did the exact same thing, pulled it off, had that shirt there. I belong to Jesus. You wonder how the angels are helping him be the one that scores the winning goal so that they're shining. This will happen more and more in the future. The world is going to get, uh, I'll say, sick and tired of seeing all the glory keep going to God. This is just something real present. I was watching last night when we got back from the meeting in Toronto and the Texas Rangers, you know, they just surprised the Yankees, knocked them out. They're in, they're in the World Series. I like awesome. And so the MVP of the game, uh, not of the game, of the series, Josh Hamilton. And he's sitting at the, he comes, sits at the table for a press conference, and he, he brings his, looks like seven, eight, nine-year-old. He says, this is my daughter. He calls her, and he has her sit, and she's just, uh, just excited about being with him, and so they asked Josh, "How does this feel? This must be amazing." He goes, "It really is." He says, "I first got to give, uh, and I may misquote the exact words, but it was, I just got to give glory to, to the Lord. I mean, He has been my strength, my help. He has rescued me from so much. Christ, and he just he couldn't stop talking about Christ, the Lord Jesus. He's giving honor to Him, and then I, I had it on real low." Uh, 
volume, so I don't know exactly if I heard it right, but they asked him, said, did you have a premonition this was going to happen? And he just kind of smiled and says, well, this morning, my wife opened the book of Joshua, and I think there's something about the chapter she was reading were connected to the scores, and he still wouldn't stop talking about that. And of course, his name is Joshua. So Joshua is the MVP going to the World Series. God's still prophesying. And those things are presently happening. Well, we just want to tell you some more. Again, because there's so much impact of a picture, and a picture prophesies so much. The story of Kaká went beyond that. That very year, he then won soccer ball star player of the world. That's a rare thing. And so he was voted. He was given this huge golden globe and uh, voted best soccer player in the world. This is just a couple years ago. So then the pictures uh, show, and they went all around the world. Millions saw it again that he takes this big trophy, takes it to his pastor because he is a believer. And uh, he takes it and he tells, he gives it to his pastor and there's pictures and there's YouTube clips and all kinds of stuff. He says, this belongs in the household of God. And so he brings it to the household of God because in the last days, the mountain of the household of God will be established on the tops of the mountains and nations will come running to it. Now, as a side bonus, I think he made $40 million that year and he did tithe to his church also. So I think they let the rest of the congregation just take off that year while and say, we'll just live off Kaka's tide. That's another side uh, benefit. To further just go one more with him, because it's a powerful story and testimony, is that he then, uh, about a year and a half ago, he got married. He is, again... The, the stardom is astonishing for a soccer player such as himself. And they're on this mountain where Jezebel and her seduction, you can just imagine the temptations that he is exposed to. Well, he also is a model. That just kind of doubles it. So he's a model, and he was, I, I think he was about 25 years old uh, when he got married about a year and a half ago, if I have these timetables right. And um, when he got married, I think she was a model also, and she's uh, very beautiful. But he made this statement, uh, uh, and it came out, I don't know if it was right after the wedding, but it came out the next day after his wedding, and it went around the world. He says, I just want the young people of the world to know that I got married being a virgin. Might be doing a better job on that mountain than our pastors are doing on the mountain of religion. But see, he hasn't read my book, but he understands his assignment. He understands I belong to Jesus. This is my commission. This is my pulpit. Pulpit. This is my platform. I must manifest a different spirit. I'm not just to have scriptures. You know, it's not to knock them, but we've had, you know, we've had a famous boxer that came out of Atlanta before, and he had scriptures all over him, and I love Jesus and all this thing, but then you find out you have eight wives and eight women and 22 children. That, you are not, you are still advancing the other kingdom, even though you're called Christian. And it's not to accuse him, but we must understand the way we advance the kingdom of God is by coming in the opposite spirit of what's ruling there, not being officially Christians. And so he knows that. We've got to know that. The way it'll be easier in the future is we must go, you know, the wisdom of mountain climbing is we'd be roped, that we'd be roped to each other. And that there not just be a star guy up there by himself making it very, very difficult, but that there we'd be roped together and we have people who are walking with us as we advance. And then finally, just closing out this thing on Kaka, it was an amazing thing around a year, year and a half ago, is again, the media covers it, multiple pictures, and I saw a series of pictures where he has a meeting with the president of Brazil, President Lula, who has not been known to be all that open to pastors in the church. And, and uh, you know, he doesn't go to the mountain of religion. And yet, in these series of pictures, you could clearly see that he felt like he was the blessed, lucky one getting to meet with Kaká. Because in Brazil, Kaká is a bigger deal than the president. And, and because that is the dominant mountain on that, on that, uh, in that nation. And so, they're meeting together. And the big deal is Kaká has his famous, I belong to Jesus shirt. And in a series of pictures, he gives his shirt to President Lula. And Lula puts it on like this with a big smile. And he's prophesying to his, pa- to his president, I belong to Jesus. And he's, you know, just the power of that, if you can imagine. But that's something that's happening on another mountain. And we really, this is just so powerful, just that, that picture as it relates to all, all the mountains. And so that's, uh, that becomes another one of those exciting uh, uh, stories 
for us. Now, in closing, I just I list some cities with significant altars, what I say. They're altars uh, mainly where Jezebel has been ma- mostly honored, but it, it gives us an understanding that there are veins, as it were, that need sons and daughters of the king to arise and show up and change things. And the most significant altar, of course, by far is Hollywood. And what goes from Hollywood goes the world around. And it invades all nations and cultures. And we have done more damage through what we've released by Hollywood. Uh, you know, we've, I don't know if what's, which is most. We have, we're simultaneously have released more missionaries and more of the gospel into the nations from this nation than anywhere else. And we've released more trash through Hollywood. And we're not sure which is, you know, what, what has been greater. But that has to be stopped. We can either just cry and complain about that. Or we can receive the greater creativity that the world, again, they cannot compare, compete with, they, they don't have something to compare with, or, or we can just cry about it. And, and again, the Lord has shown me that the, the, the greatest, there's these amazing, I don't know what they'll be called, festivals or whatever in coming, in coming years, and they will have hundreds of thousands of people that will come. And these festivals, there will be the modeling of all kinds of artistic expressions, and sons and daughters of the king will carry that which is the most cutting edge, and they will come from the world. These festivals will be filled more by people from without than, than, than uh, church, church people in this, in this picture that I saw. And, and they're coming to see what is the cutting edge, next level of creativity that is around. And they will be exposed to true creativity. To point out, if you didn't know it, Satan does not have one creative uh, instinct, cell, whatever, uh, source in him. Jezebel doesn't either. It is only the ability to distort, pervert, counterfeit. And so there is no true creativity. When they talk about creativity in Hollywood and they like a new movie because it's creative, it generally means it was dark and in some unique way seductive because that's seduction and darkness are just twists. It's death and lust. And that is a distortion. Lust is a distortion of God's great gift of sex. And then there's death because there's no, it's the opposite of life. And so everything that, that manifests as some creative genius is usually some distortion of darkness that is releasing that. And we have to know that the only true creative source is our creator. And so we are the ones that are supposed to receive from him. And then I've seen also uh, the Lord's shown me a picture of stadiums filled, 100,000 people. And again, I, I was seeing in this that over half the people that were coming were not believers at all. And this would be a common event in the coming years. And the reason they would come, and there would be these other uh, scenarios in town where the formerly great uh, uh, you know, pop stars are, are having events and nobody's going to them because they'll have, the word will have gotten around. When you go to that particular stadium, you go to that concert, what happened? They won't even care who's singing. But what happens there is lights begin to show up, all colors of lights, but it doesn't come from any source. There's no lights. This is like heavenly intervention. There are clouds that form, but it's not from a smoke machine. It's from the glory of the Lord. And that every time you go, their angels will sing there, and you will be able to hear them clearly, and they'll have all these new music instruments, and that there will even, most people will even be able to see the angels. Now, can you imagine Britney Spears trying to compete with that? It doesn't, you know, she, I don't know, she can't take off enough clothes to compete with that. And we can cry and complain about what the enemy is doing or we can receive the download of the greater glory and the nations will run to the household of God. And so Hollywood, San Francisco, Seattle, New York, New Orleans, Miami, Atlanta's up and coming in so many areas being a, a center of music and movies. And uh, these, this just becomes a wide open field where sons and daughters of the king have not uh, identified this as a mission field where we can be holy. And it's generally considered pastors up till now have often thought, you know, the world, and I hear this all over the place. I've been hearing it for years. Pastors saying the world's really just pulling on my children. They, they want to go into arts and movies. And, and now I was like, you better let them and you better instruct them that this is a mission field and they must go in the opposite spirit of what's ruling there. And they do have an assignment. This is of God. They're wired by God to understand he is calling forth sons and daughters to make him made famous in all the earth by manifesting the greater glory that is through his creativity. Amen.
It's going to be so good. I just feel the excitement in my spirit when I begin to realize how God is going to show off on this mountain. I'm just telling you, what we have from our citizenship in heaven, the scriptures say our citizenship is already in heaven. So we have access. It may not be like physically going there uh, like Akiane, but we have access in our spirit through our spiritual antenna to download things from a dimension that the world cannot compete with and that they will be attracted. The purpose of it is so that the attraction comes to God. As Kaka in his picture there, I belong to Jesus, I give glory to him, and it testifies and it speaks on its own. So in closing, I just want to give an opportunity, first of all, for those here at Daystar in the church here, those watching online, those who may hear this in the coming days. Also for those who are watching this in various schools of ministry, that if you already knew you had, uh, you've had a sense that you are called to this mountain. There's something in you that just sparks with desire to see God made famous. This confirms something that you've known about. And you would want to receive even a further uh, impartation of God's presence and help to shine for him on this mountain. I want to invite you to stand and come up here if you're here in this meeting. And if you're, wherever you're watching, do something. Stand up, move around, just something where the Lord sees that you have made a step, where you have come forward and say, I want to help shine for you. I want to do what I'm called to do. I want to use this creative genius you've placed in me. I want to receive more from you. And again, you don't have to try to be the most, it's, the point is not trying to be the most famous one in the earth. The Lord will begin to, Raise up those in his time and season. You know, the last time I ministered this was a year and a half ago in our church, a little over a year and a half ago when we were in the other building. And we had people similarly come up front. And at the end of the meeting, there was a, a lady that came up, and her son was there also. And she said, I want you to know I'm going to be one of those. We're going to be one of those. My son is called to be on the top of the mountain and to be a prophet of God on the top of that mountain. And uh, so we prayed together, and, uh, uh, you know, a year and a half later, I think that was about a year and a half ago, he was not known or heard of at all, and he is now the number one pop idol in the entire world. And uh, it is very difficult for him because he's out there by himself. And and that's the thing. We don't want to just have Lone Ranger pioneers. We want to have people. We want to be joined together but it just lets us know how easy it is to go from a, a year and a half of being unknown and then all of a sudden you're at the top and there's some anointing he has upon his life that this next generation is absolutely crazy. It, uh, just, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's Beatlesque, the, 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 the nature of, 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 uh, of affect, the way the crowds are affected. And... Um, and, and the screaming and the thousands that come out. And, you know, it's just difficult. It's treacherous for him. We're praying for him. I believe he's going to have even a more specific encounter with the Lord uh, very, very soon. And, uh, and, then, and then there's no telling how God can use him. And there's some things that are very exciting we can't go into right now that we think God's going to do in that. But if not, there's going to be some other ones also. And in time, there's going to be thousands. There's going to be many, many, many in all, uh, in all these uh, creative venues that we're the sons and daughters of the king. We're not just going to have a pioneer or a famous one, but there is going to be uh, uh, just a, 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 a crowd, thousands, tens of thousands, carrying this creative dimension of the Lord. Because as one or two begin to experience and encounter this and tell the others, then God's sons and daughters break off the orphan spirit where they think they have to try to copy the world, and they go, Papa has the best stuff, and I'll get it from him. And then use some of the tools of training, depending on what field it is, to also uh, assist you. But that the anointing and the authority that will come will be straight from him. So I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes. I just want to pray for you. And I just say anything could happen. Anything. We've been watching this thing that we pray for people. God recognizes that you come forward and you're basically saying, you know what? Papa, I'm willing to be a minister for you. I want to be a prophet for you on this mountain. I don't care how it happens. You just release your glory on me. I want to make you famous in all the earth. It's in my heart. So, Lord, you see these that have responded to you. 
You see your sons and daughters that are here and you know all the incredible giftings that you've placed in them. And we know, Lord, uh, that even in these last days, you have particularly wired the, the, the younger generation, not to, uh, not to limit anyone here. You can be younger at heart and still by faith connect to that dimension. But there's something about this, this generation that's, that's upon the face of the earth right now, that there's a unique wiring and anointing God has placed in them. Specifically, he understands that the world is dominated by this mountain of celebration of arts and entertainment. We could even say that our last president was put in by the mountain of celebration in some conjunction and union with the mountain of media. And it was no longer about you know, political abilities, but it was based on that. So this is a powerful mountain, a powerful uh, place the enemy has been operating on. And Lord, I declare that your help is on the way to these, your sons and daughters, both these that have come up here. What an incredible group. I don't know, 75 or 100 are, are here uh, that have come up here tonight. Lord, those watching online, those in the schools of ministry, Lord, as they raise their hand to you, I ask, Lord, as it were, lightning from heaven would come into their spirits even now and ignite that creative thing you placed in them, Lord. Do that work in their spirit, Lord, that they be sold out to you in the spirit of Elijah, in the holiness of the passion for you. Lord, stir up these creative things. Even now, let the download of ideas and connections be released, Lord. Now, let it be released, let it be released, let it be released, let it be released. Let your wind blow into their spirits and ignite these gifts you've put in them. Your power come. More, just a moment more. More, come in, Lord. 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 This mountain is yours, Lord. We say, we declare that Jezebel is illegal there. You paid the price for every one of the kingdoms, for the seven mountains. We say, release the help. We thank you. You've even showed me that the archangel over that mountain, Jehudiel, has been released as of this Rosh Hashanah. You've released Jehudiel. And he is looking. He has tens of millions of angels. And he is going around the world following one of your eyes that goes through the whole world. Looking for those who, whose hearts are towards you. And you will begin to do unprecedented things. Things we've never seen before. So let the angels, whoa, let the angels be released. The connecting angels, Lord. And I charge every one of you that's come up here to maintain your hearts and integrity before God, to make him your passion, to make no deal with Jezebel, not be brought under any seduction. Break the power of seduction over your lives even now. Break the power of addiction and seduction over your lives. In the name of Jesus, as you agree with me, let your sword come, Lord, and let them have supernatural deliverance even now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As you continue to receive, we have someone I didn't know was here with us, Candace Long, and she has been in the entertainment industry, greatly used by the Lord for 30 years, 40 years. She's only 40, but she's been for 40 years. No, she's a little more than that. But And uh, we just want to let her to pray over you also. She is called by God to be a mother for some of these rising sons and daughters. One of those that helps show the ropes as God begins to do this amazing thing in these last days. So Candace, would you just pray? Whatever God tells you to pray over them, just do that. If I can speak. For 40 years ago, I stood in the staff of Campus Crusade for Christ and Dr. Bill Bright had just received the vision from the Lord on these seven mountains. And he asked us to stand. I was 
maybe one year old in the Lord. And when he got to entertainment, I stood. I didn't know what I would have to go through in order to remain on the mountain. It has broken me. It has taken everything that I've had. But the Lord has been faithful. And you have to know deep inside of you. And Father, I ask that you would have such an assurance welling up inside of these that they will remain that when everything is thrown against them, when they are betrayed and they're turned on and they're stolen from and they've lost everything and they've been made fun of and they're not validated by anybody because they're not going out and getting a normal job. Father, I pray that you shore them up by people who validate them, who recognize in them that they have a spirit that will not be quiet and that that spirit raises up and says, I will create, I will go on, and that there will not rest until they have a spirit of excellence like Daniel that says, I will study my craft, I will rise up and be before kings because of skill and giftedness. That's what it takes to shine. It is that sacrifice. And you are, have to be prepared to lose everything. And when you do, because God is looking for the sensitive of spirit, and it requires that sensitive spirit in order to be a part of this industry in this mountain. And everything that will turn against you to make that sensitive spirit scab over by hurts and disappointments and divorces and deaths and betrayal and abuse and molestation because the enemy will come against that spirit to destroy it but father I pray over these that they will raise up with such strength that they will not quell they will not cower they will not tremble yeah that they will stand boldly and say, I will be who I am. Even if I'm in a cave and nobody hears me, but I will create what God has put in you. And I pray blessings over them that you send angels around them and you put anointed people in their path to mentor them. And that when they are hurting and they're broken and they're confused and they've been slimed by defiling spirits and they begin to even question their own sexuality, that they come to people who are godly and who walk with God and they say, help me, I'm confused. You've been slimed, you've been defiled is what you've been. There's nothing wrong with you. But we are sent into a dark, dark world that is multiplying in wickedness. But if you are called, God will give you strength that you have never known. And he sees your tears. He sees your tears. He knows that you've been hurt. But it's that willingness to be hurt because the, the strings are the most sensitive instruments in the orchestra and they carry the melody and they have to be willing to pick up that vibration that comes from heaven and we can't be scabbed over and so the Lord has to pull off those scar tissues he has to and we have to be willing to cry in front of people we don't even know because he strips us of everything that's when we are broken and we can pour out. So, Father, I pray special blessing, special anointing by Holy Spirit. Yes. I pray anointing over these teachings. I pray anointing over those that are called to this mountain. That we have Isaacs on this mountain and not Ishmael's. That we have the ones that are chosen and the ones, Father, that are are not chosen. Let them know that. 
that they find where they belong. Because this isn't a mountain to seek after to shine. This is a mountain to seek, to sacrifice, and to serve, and to reflect a holy God. And I pray, Father, that you would put in them such a desire to be holy and undefiled because that is the only thing that is going to communicate the magnificent God that we serve. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Candice. Thank you. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, what you're going to do. Thank you, Lord. We're connecting with your timings, with what you're doing. And I see again this vision that I tell you about, 2012, time of arising. Many of you are being prepared for things that will be really be assisted greatly by angels at that time. Some will go ahead. 2012, there will literally begin to be first tens and then hundreds and then thousands of those rising on this mountain be unprecedented. We will never have seen it before. We will see his glory in all the earth on this mountain. You may be seated. Those of you who are up here, we're going to close, but we want to invite, we want to ask the ministry team to come up here.